Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. Today, we travel to Minnesota. Skull! The Vikings. Um, this is the summer heat wave. 32 teams in 32 days. Every single fantasy relevant player only with BrotoFantasy.com. A reminder, we do this twice a week during the season, so come check us out. We talk about every single fantasy viable player. Three episodes a week um, during the year. An extra episode for those of you who give us some money on Patreon.com. Not only do you get that extra episode, you can join our listener leagues. You can get a whole bunch of extras. Um, you can get exclusive access to exclusive stats and exclusive giveaways, and tons, tons more. And for leads. our articles, our rankings, uh, and for everything Brodo, uh, check out BrotoFantasy.com. So let's start with the offensive outlook. The Vikings head coach, Mike Zimmer, uh, that guy's been there forever, and offensive coordinator, Gary Kubiak. Now, he is a new offensive coordinator, but we talked last year about the effect Gary Kubiak had on the offense. Last year, he was brought in as a special assistant to the offensive coordinator. Kirk Cousins' pass attempts went from 606 the year before to 444 last season. So, obviously, he had an impact on the offensive coordinator, who is now the head coach of the Bill, uh, Browns, Kevin Stefanski. His whole career has been run first. He has made, over and over again, fantasy players good for fantasy. Arian Foster, who was an undrafted free agent. Steve Slayton was like the best thing cooking for a long time. Sean Moreno was someone who was a RB1 for a short period of time. Dalvin Cook last year. The list goes on and on about running backs this guy has made into fantasy viable players. Not so much for the quarterback. So let's get into the quarterback. Kirk Cousins, one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the league. Seventh in true throw value, but only 24th in attempts last season. Get this. He had less attempts last year than Gardner Minshew, Daniel Jones, Andy Dalton, Ryan Fitzpatrick, guys like that who <laughs> didn't even play whole seasons. So it really gives you an idea of what we're looking at. Now, Kirk Cousins, again, is one of the most efficient passers. 69% completion percentage last year, 70% the year before. We know we're getting at a Kirk Cousins, but he does lose his deep threat in Stephon Diggs. What do we expect out of Kirk Cousins this season? Uh, he'll have his streaming weeks, but that's about it. I mean, in the past, he was quarterback six a few years ago. But the last two years, he was quarterback 12, quarterback 13. That's kind of where he's settled in. He's a, a above-average quarterback on that threshold over there. And Stephon Diggs is out the door. They brought in Van Jefferson, who they drafted, mostly a slot guy. Thielen is mostly a slot guy his whole career, so Thielen's probably going to move outside more. Last year, he Justin spent most Jefferson, of his time outside. By the way. Sorry, Justin Jefferson, Van Jefferson. <laughs> yeah, uh, Justin Jefferson literally played like 99% of his slots at, uh, snaps at LSU out of the slot. Thielen made his bread and butter in the slot until he moved outside last year, and he's probably not as much of a deep threat as Stephon Diggs was. I thought that he might be more appetizing if Dalvin Cook um, held out, but that doesn't seem like it's going to happen. So, I, I, it's Kirk Cousins. He's going to be streamable some weeks. I, I think we know what he is at this point. Yeah, I don't see much changing from last year for Kirk Cousins where he's going to have just those like up-and-down games where 
if they're leading the whole game, they're going to just run the ball nonstop and Cousins is going to attempt like 14 passes and end with like seven fantasy points even though the Vikings won the game. Let's go over to the main event, Dalvin Cook and the running backs. The offense will run through him. We know that. Don't worry about the new offensive coordinator because he was part of the offense that led to Dalvin Cook being Dalvin Cook last year. The problem is injuries. This guy's never had a complete season, ever. So he will be great as long as the injuries allow him to. Yeah, I mean, you can't deny how good Dalvin Cook has been. Injuries is the question mark. He was third in overall points last season, second in points per game, so even better when you account for his two missed games. The weird thing about Dalvin Cook, actually, he only has two catching, uh, receiving touchdowns in his entire career. Last season, he had zero catching touchdowns. 53 catches, 519 yards, not a single reception. Receiving touchdown. I just found that to be a little weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he had eight games with 18-plus carries last year, ranked third in yards per outrun. Um, he also had 21 carries inside the five, so even more than Aaron Jones we were talking about, uh, even more than Nick Chubb. That's a lot of carries inside the five. No digs this year again, so they're probably going to lean on him a little more. It's all a question mark, a question of health with Dalvin Cook because when he's out there, he's going to get work, and he's going to be very good. And like you said, Garrett Kubiak makes studs out of average running backs. He's going to make a stud out of a stud running back. Yeah, I was off Dalvin Cook last season until they signed Gary Kubiak, and it just completely changed my outlook and ended up working out because Gary Kubiak, Gary Kubiak is just a running back wizard. Um, speaking of running back wizards, that makes Alexander Madison probably the number one handcuff to have. Alexander Madison. Yeah, he's one of the high-end handcuffs for sure. I mean, yeah. I think definitely not a question of who has sky-high potential here. Dude, he had 462 rushing yards last season. It's a lot for our backup running back. On like he started carries. a couple games. On 100 carries, so it's a 4.6 average. He caught 10 passes. He's he's Dalvin Cook light in that offense, and he just he's a good handcuff. That's about it. Let's go over to the wide receivers then. Uh, actually, before we go to the wide receivers, I got a question for you. Where are you drafting Dalvin Cook at the highest? After at the highest fifth. At the highest, probably fifth. Yeah, I could see an argument for him over Camaro. No, I was All gonna right. say I could see an argument over Michael Thomas if you want to take another if you want to take a running back. All right, um, let's go over to the wide receiver. Stefan Diggs leaves a massive hole in the deep game because he was the deep receiver. Um, all of Stefan Diggs' touchdowns last year came on long throws. Adam Thielen is clearly the favorite target of Kirk Cousins. He has peppered him with targets over and over and over and over and over and over again throughout his career. But now he steps into a role that he's never been in before, number one receiver. Can Adam Thielen thrive in this role? So Adam Thielen was a star in 2017 and 2018 for Minnesota. There's no denying that, right? Like he put up 1,200 yards and then 1,300 yards the following season, 13 touchdowns total those to- those two years. And then it all kind of came crashing down last season where he mixed injuries and just inefficiency in the truncated season where he only played 10 games. There you go, truncated again, where he only played Gosh. 10 games. He was 39th in points per game for all receivers who played at least 10 games was wide receiver 50 in true target value. So it's not even like the targets were uh, were there for him either compared to the previous seasons. He's entering his 
30 he's entering the season as a 30 year old as a late bloomer like it's just look the, the one of the pro arguments for Adam Thielen is that Stefan Dix is gone right 94 vacated targets 1130 yards that are just absolutely up for grabs right but with Adam Thielen man I just I don't know what it is I I just see his name when I'm drafting and I see other people's names and I just can't get myself to click Adam Thielen like he was outside the top 30 in yards per reception and yards per route run last year so he's pretty inefficient and a lot of it had to do with injuries yes but a lot of people think with Stefan Diggs gone it's going to open up a lot in the red zone too that's just completely false Diggs only had one red zone reception last season as crazy as that sounds nothing changes at the goal line for or in the red zone for the Minnesota offense it's mainly the tight ends that get a lot of love near the goal line they just drafted Justin Jefferson in the first round He's going to take over in the slot. I at least He's going to at least split work in the slot with Adam Thielen, if not overtake. Adam Thielen over, only played 30% of the time in the slot last season, and even in 2018 in that massive year, he played 47% of the time in the slot. So it's not like he was this only slot receiver type of guy. I just... Call me crazy, but there's just this gut feeling where if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. If I'm right, I'm right. Sometimes I'm right, sometimes I'm wrong. I won't blame you for drafting Adam Thielen at his current ADP like in the early third round. I've seen him go late second sometimes even. I just I just can't do it. I just can't bring myself to do it. I just there's just something icky to me about it. The fact that he's like this late blooming receiver coming off of a bad injured season at 30 years old. I uh, I mean, it's part of the fact that he's a late bloomer is because he was undrafted. So he didn't get an opportunity. As soon as he got his opportunity, he he played. I think like late bloomer usually responds to someone who's had some bad seasons and then blooms. This guy, I, mean, I don't know. He, he didn't. Out. He wasn't good until he was like twenty eight. He wasn't good in the NFL. Yeah, because he didn't have a chance to play in the NFL until he was twenty eight. Yeah, but, but he as soon also as he got on the field. He was good. But he also didn't sh- separate himself enough from practice squad players until he was like twenty six, twenty seven. Well, he was a white guy who was undrafted. Those guys don't usually do well as as wide receivers. But I mean, but still, I I I consider him a late bloomer. So just cur- currently at ADP, I don't blame you for taking Thielen. He certainly has upside. I just can't bring myself to do it. In all honesty, Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson, on the other hand, yeah, obviously, if I'm not big on Adam Thielen and don't expect him to have like this crazy season, obviously, I'm high on Justin Jefferson. So I like him a lot at ADP. He should I, be I didn't used. Expect that? That was that yeah, obvious to him. Oh, <laughs> no, I, I, no, he should be used wasn't that. across uh, across the formations, but mainly in the slot. Like Jason said, he was like 99% of the slot LSU last year. Where he absolutely dominated with Joe Burrow and Adam Thielen only played 30% of the time in the slot last season. Jefferson 6-1 fast. Gary Kubiak has already said he's going to play inside quite a bit, quote unquote. And he's currently going as wide receiver 48 off the board in the 11th or 12th round. That's where you take shots on guys like this and I'm absolutely all for it for Justin with Justin Jefferson here because I'm just like honestly super super hot take I would not be surprized if Justin Jefferson no. outscores Adam Thielen this season. No. Oh my god, that's a crazy what are you saying. Take. Whether injuries even like I'm considering injuries here too. So say Adam Thielen only plays 7 games and Jefferson plays a full season. But I I would not be shocked if Justin Jefferson outscores Adam Thielen this season. When did this happen? When did he become the Justin Jefferson guy? 
I'm just I'm just really <laughs> not into Adam Thielen this season. I, I think Justin Jefferson has a high ceiling, that's for sure. But I think the floor is low because when you're talking, you were but, talking in our Browns preview about the two wide, the two tight end sets that the Vikings ran a lot last year with Irv Smith and and um, Kyle Rudolph, and that was at the at the I don't know what to at the expense of having a slot receiver in general. So but, the Vikings didn't really have a slot receiver, and you're talking about a guy in Justin Jefferson who needs to play the slot 99% of the time he was in the slot last year, like you said, and transitioning from slot to outside receiver in the NFL is not an easy thing to do. So he has that, like it's, it's hard, but Kevin with Kevin Stefanski in the past, cause we were talking about the Vikings with Thielen and Diggs and all that. And even last season, Diggs and Thielen were both good, right? And they didn't need like the touchdown Kyle Rudolph last season and in previous seasons, and Irv Smith last season were the red zone guys. Like that's who they use in the red zone, are the tight ends. So I'm not. It's not like Justin Jefferson needs a red zone role. He just he's gonna be on the field. Diggs and Thielen were both very, very good outside options. So I don't see why that can't and slot options. I don't see why that can't be the case with Justin Jefferson. Kyle Rudolph last season was eighth in tight end snap share and sixth in red zone receptions. Irv Smith had 36 receptions. Seven of them are red zone receptions. Eleventh in the league. So they had two tight ends who were top 12 in the league in red zone receptions. So it's like, I don't really care if Justin Jefferson doesn't score seven, eight touchdowns. You're getting him for the big plays and the 70 reception, 1100 yard type ceiling, even if he only scores three or four touchdowns. I'm not saying he's going to put up that type of ceiling. I'm saying a, a, a season like that would not be completely out of the realm of possibility, especially if Adam Thielen were to get hurt. I'm not drafting Bissy Johnson, and I don't think there's a reason to draft him, but I feel like he's the type of guy who it's week two or three, and he's had three pretty good games, and he's one of those guys who you're like, oh, we should have drafted this guy. And the person who spent their fab on him is going to be happy because, like I said, Justin Jefferson is a slot option he's not an outside option Bissy Johnson is used to working outside in this in, in the outside now he's less talented but if he becomes that guy in this offense rather than Justin Jefferson and he gets that opportunity and he and he's the one that slides into the the Stefan Diggs role then he could have some sort of decent season they didn't draft Justin Jefferson in the first round to sit behind old BC Johnson I'm not saying sit behind I'm saying he doesn't transition to outside. The transition to outside wide receiver from slot receiver in college is a hard one, yo. But he's going to be moving around, Jefferson. He's going to be playing a lot in the slot, too. Like, Gary Kubiak already said he's going to be playing in the slot. He said he's going to be inside quite a bit. Like, they know what they're doing. They drafted the dude. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, let's go over to the tight ends. Like you said, Irv Smith, Kyle Rudolph saw a lot of red zone work last year. Is this the year that Irv Smith becomes the guy and Kyle Rudolph becomes the guy in the background, or is it still the same kind of thing where both of these guys kind of cannibalize each other to the point where neither of them are usable? Yeah, look, Kyle Rudolph, as long as he's on the Vikings, he's going to be on the field. He's going to be the thorn in the side for other tight ends. Uh, he's used more as a blocking tight end these days, but he had four straight double-digit games in the middle of last season. 
was eighth in tight end snap share, like I previously said. He's not a top 12 option. He ended up catching 39 passes at eight red zone receptions. He's a fine mid-range tight end two, I suppose, like low-end tight end two. But he's not something. He's not someone you're drafting in one tight end leagues, clearly. Irv Smith, on the other hand, Jason proclaimed Irv Smith as the next George Kittle last offseason. And speaking for him, I think we still certainly could see that happening in Irv Smith's future. Um, he played 62% of the snaps as a 21-year-old rookie last season. Put up 36 receptions, 311 yards, two touchdowns. With those 36 receptions was seven red zone receptions, like I said, 11th in the league. And I don't see why that would change. It also helps explain what seems like a lower yards per reception since he's catching so many passes without the yards after catch ability since he's so close to the end zone. 36 receptions that he had last season is third all-time for 21-year-old tight ends. 311 yards is sixth all-time for 21-year-old tight ends. His snap share and routes run per game increased drastically in the second half compared to the first half of the season. Like, he got more and more involved in that offense as that... As that uh, as the season progressed, the Vikings are a run-heavy offense. They rarely use three wide receivers. They got Thielen and Jefferson now. I'm not buying into Olabisi Johnson. It's almost always going to be those two, Rudolph and Irv Smith, on the field together. It's not a dynamic passing offense, but I would not be shocked if Irv Smith is a top three. It ends in the top three in targets for that team behind uh, Jefferson and Adam Thielen. I would not be shocked at all if he out targets Kyle Rudolph this season. He only had one less target than Kyle Rudolph last year. Yeah, he's currently being drafted as tight end 25, which is a mistake. Right? Like what last season, 50 receptions, 500 yards and 5 touchdowns was the 12th tight end. Like that's what Jason Witten ended up putting up. I could see a 50-60 reception season, 550-650 receiving yards, 5 to 7 touchdowns for Irv Smith. I mean, all you're asking him to do is double his output from last year and as a rookie yeah. Tight end. It's not that much to ask for. And he saw 53% of his snaps from the slot last season. Yeah. I think it's a joke that he's being drafted as tight end 25. He's a great tight end too. And I think he at, he's certainly going to be a streaming option for one tight end leagues. We're going to be talking about I in agree. like week three or four. It's going to be how much money should I spend on Irv Smith on the waiver wire. I was about to say that too. I think Irv Smith's going to be a waiver pickup this year. Yeah. I so wouldn't be mad if you took him with your last pick. Give me all of Irv Smith at his current ADP of tight end 25. I'm very close to moving him over Mike Gesicki, honestly. Wow, that's a Spicy. pretty low praise for uh, Gesicki there, kid. Gesicki um, sucks. We're not Gesicki, guys. He's Gesicki. I didn't because Gesicki <laughs> has more opportunity. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if Smith explodes this year. What? Agreed. <clears throat> Is it going to explode? Like spontaneously combust? Oh, yeah, Spontaneous yeah, yeah. combustion Smith Jr. So is Irv Smith your one injury away if Kyle Rudolph gets hurt? Yeah, I guess. Just because, I mean, they use a lot of two tight end sets there as well. And, I mean, yeah, yeah. Because then he'd always be on the field. Like, always. So, sure. I'll go with Irv Smith. Now, I now mean, Tim, you kinda, take Madison. It kind of has to be Alexander Madison. But yeah. I'd be very, very hyped for Irv Smith as well. I mean, I'm definitely going to go Alexander Madison. He's the type of guy who Michael, Michael said um, something that stuck with name, me, man? and it's a strategy that I've been trying in my drafts. And he said he doesn't draft his handcuffs. He drafts other people's handcuffs. Yes. Um, it's the correct way I to would do it. Draft, I would draft Alexander <laughs> Madison in, like, the ninth round. It's the best round. way to do it because think about it. If that handcuff pans out, now you have – 
Zeke and Madison. Instead of, like instead of having Zeke, Zeke and, and Pollard. Because if Zeke gets hurt, then you have Pollard. That's fine. But you right. don't have that championship caliber lineup. Exactly. And and that's like Zeke and Dalvin Cook together, but Dalvin Cook light. Exactly. Um, all right. So next time we come to you, we will come to you with the Lions. 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 Um, that was the Vikings. Remember, this is the summer heat wave, 32 teams in 32 days. Michael, where can they find you? At Brodo FF Mike. Jason. At Brodo FF Jason. You can find me at Brodo FF Tim. See what we did there. You could also find everything Brodo at BrotoFantasy.com, including articles, rankings, uh, true throw value, true target value, some of our videos, and uh, a whole bunch of other stuff. If you want even more stuff, check out Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy, where you can join a listener league. Are you tired of being in shitty leagues? Well, come to Brodo and join the Listener League. Our people know what they're talking about because they listen to us. Um, not to sound cocky about it, but hey, I'm not cocky. I'm confident. So when you tell me I'm the best, it's a compliment. Shout out to Jadakus. Later. Jadakus, wow. Later. Peace. <laughs>